following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's up, guys? Mike here with the Aerial Attack Podcast, proud member of the Belly Up Sports Media and the Belly Up Podcast Network. We're going old school, so uh, we don't know what in the world's going on with my mic, but hey, doesn't mean we still can't have some fun and God made technology more ways than just one, so that's a good <laughs> blessing in itself. Without further ado, I got a good uh, gentleman looking forward to getting to know more of. And about coach, I'm gonna butcher it, coach. I'm sorry, but it sounds That's really right, cool. Man. Is it Zablocki? You got her spot on. Yes, uh, <laughs> coach Zablocki, head coach up in and head football high school coach uh, up in Wisconsin. We'll get to know more about him and his program, and uh, looking more towards of um, looking forward to getting know of him. Random fact, and hopefully. Uh, well, I'll let him tell the random fact about his cousin's husband and what he is to the Denver Broncos. I don't want to, just in case uh, some people's identity or safety is in hands. I definitely <laughs> don't want to. But anyway, Coach, first things first, more importantly, uh, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to coming on the podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's an honor. I love um... – like I was telling you before, I was chuckling, shoveling snow this morning, uh, your uh, last week's podcast, and uh, I'm like, this would be a great time to just talk some ball and uh, get to know some new people. Yeah. And that's what really what I like about this podcast is the fact that it's not so much people, you know, people want to go out there and get famous and be the Joe Rogans of the world and yeah. and stuff like that, but really, I've met so many wonderful people um, from coaches to, you know, I just got off one with uh, Carolina Teague over ESPN 975 and I mean it's just all kinds of people and Clyde like we were talking uh, pre-show was you know Clyde probably one of my closest friends um, considering his random beyond out out the box thinking so but uh, tell the listeners out there um, a little about yourself and and your uh, football program coach yeah um, I uh, from from Upper Michigan. I don't know if you're familiar with the UP. Yep. Um, uh, it's connected to Wisconsin, but it's a part of Michigan. I uh, played small uh, college football down here in Wisconsin. That's how I ended up in Wisconsin. Um, came from uh, um, a family, great mother, great father, both divorced, uh, great step parents, and uh, I was very fortunate that way. And really had I was going to be an electrician, but I still love playing the game of football. So, wow. um, well, I had, I had hoop dreams, but I was a five, eight and it wasn't happening, you know? <laughs> I know so, um, so I followed up, um, to a uh, small town, uh, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin here. Now it's rather large with the, um, they have the PGA championship here now in Kohler and like, we're like, I'm right across the street from Kohler and, um, 
ended up down here and uh, coached, uh, played ball and graduated with an education degree. Um, started coaching with uh, a gentleman by the name of Jim Zabrowski, who was the head coach at Lakeland College at the time. And uh, they kind of didn't have a job, didn't really know what to do in life, you know, just kind of <laughs> winging it. And um, just wanted to get normal football. And I came from a wishbone offense high school, small school, state championship uh, champion, uh, 42 kids in our graduating class, wow. you know, small school. And um, came to a run and shoot offense. They, you know, I saw receivers on Sundays and Saturdays, but I was a, I was running back and they wanted me to play slot receiver. I was mm-hmm. like, let's figure out about something called the run and shoot. And <laughs> the rest is history. I'm a, I love the air raid. I love the run and shoot. Um, but I really found a, a passion in uh, mentoring young people and decided I've taught elementary school, middle school, and now I teach high school. I've coached at the small collegiate level and uh, been head coach for 18 years now. Wow. And I was very fortunate. Uh, 26 years old, I was head coach and didn't really know what I was doing. But uh, just, you just go with your heart and do the right thing, treat people the right way. And uh, things always work out for you. Yeah. And so I learned a lot under Jim Zabrowski, who's the quarterback coach at Kansas right now, University of Kansas, under Lance Leipold. Oh, yes. And um, so I learned all my stuff from him. Great mentor. He's still, like, if I call him, he picks up the phone. He's not too big time for me. And um, <laughs> learn a lot and just very appreciative from him and all the other coaches I've been around my my life. And But um, I had this goal. I was in the coach college level, and I wanted to make, work my way up the the D1 and mm-hmm. my goal was to be an OC at a power five. And, uh, then I met this young lady <laughs> and, uh, things changed. Of course. And, um, and, and now my plan wasn't to get married, uh, just to follow that dream. But, uh, she obviously was, um, uh, made me change my mind for a very, very good reason. I'm so blessed. And, uh, for 15 years now and three daughters. And, sure. and so I chose not to go to college route anymore because I wanted to be home and have a, have a family and really focus my attention on mentoring people and uh, young people and helping them along and through the, through the hardships of life, you can get through it. I got through it. Anybody can get through it. And sometimes it's most young people just need someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to them, it's amazing what they do for you. And go uh, very blessed. That's kind of where I'm at now. I saw your, listen to your podcast and uh, I saw it and like, air raid. I'm like, listen, I'm like, Oh, they're just talking football. I, maybe they want this guy, this no name on the show, and we'll, we'll have some good time. I can talk about the Lions. So. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. no, I I enjoy it. Um, I don't know what's going on over there. Anyway, no, I enjoy it. It's you know, and like we mentioned, I think you know, and going back to what you said was, and I applaud you first of all for being an educator. Um, you know, not not many gets uh, wonderful respect. Not many gets the respect that you guys deserve. <laughs> I know here in Oklahoma, I'm not trying to trying to bash our um, education system, but it's not one of the probably not one of the most greatest. But because uh, unfortunately, you know, people don't want to do it because of the money or whatever the case may be. I applaud you for that, and I think it's I think you nailed it is the fact that it is, you know more of a like a calling knowing that a lot of people don't want to how can i put this don't really want to pour into the young people because they don't have the time if you will or whatever the case may be and it's funny 
not really funny, but it's you can pinpoint, you know, I don't know, um, of how <clears throat> like in my you know, my life grew up with pastors, kids, so on and so forth. So kind of like what you said is somebody just to talk to. <clears throat> so during lunch this mm-hmm. afternoon, I uh randomly just a homeless guy came up to me and you know, hey, how you know, how's your day? He's like, Oh, it's good. Of course, you know, I'm wearing this run, you know, this nonstop like go go mode. I knew it was yeah. lunchtime. <clears throat> so long story short, drove around on my heart. I'm like, you got to go back to that guy. And of course, you know, I'm like, man, come on. <laughs> Nowadays, you don't, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but it's like, you just don't know anymore now that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I went back and bought him some lunch. And <clears throat> long story of it is like, hey, you know, come over here. I'm sure he probably was like scared of his mind, like, why is this guy why is this guy calling me to his car i'm like dude i ain't gonna do nothing i assure you that but um you know i said hey are you hungry and he goes well i'm like i know you are come on come on and so he so he admitted it was the first time that you know fast food he ate in a long time so on and so forth anyway long story end of it is at the end of the day you know it's just him talking you know i think that's what matters most to him was like hey i really appreciate you just talking I'm glad you, you know, I like how you brought that up because a lot of people just need that talking to somebody to talk to. And that kind of leads into the first question is, you know, how do you as a coach, as an educator, parent, obviously a father, um, so on and so forth, how do you handle negativity when it comes your way or in the world or country, let's put it, you know, call it what it is in the world that we're just nonstop negativity at this point? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I first got into high school coaching, mm-hmm. uh, head coach 26, um, I was very fortunate. Um, we made the farthest in school history my first year as head coach. I was 26 years old. My head got pretty big. Oh, sure. And, you know, um, lucky I had my wife or my fiance at the time to ground me somewhat. <laughs> she did her best. Um, but it took my second year of practice. We lost a bunch of seniors. <clears throat> And I just never forget this young man was, gave everything to me. His name was Chris Bloomingdale and I was on him. I was coaching in my college and something clicked with me. I'm like, I shouldn't be treating this young man this way. Right. He's not, he's not a college, he's a high school athlete. He's just playing football because he loves it. And so um, I started searching and I came across the book called um, Energy Bus by John Gordon mm-hmm. and changed everything about the way I coached and the way I taught where and taking those, the negativity and spinning it into a positive and what can we learn from it? And I'm going to tell you, it's hard at times. Like when you receive that email where you just get an F bombed out by parents because you're not doing the right thing or they don't see it through your eyes and we're going to come down and we're going to do this and yell at you. I'm like, how can I change that? Mm -hmm. It's hard. I'm going to tell you. Um, But I go with um, Coach Brown from the um, Last Chance U um, back in India. He had this great quote, and it stuck with me. It said, um, if you don't have haters, you're not doing anything worthwhile. Mm. So you're going you're gonna to rub – if you do things the right way and follow that right path, you're going to – some people are going to be upset, but you're doing it for the right reasons. What's your reason? My reason is these young people and set a great example for them and what um, – show empathy – and be positive all the time in the hard times. And, and that's, I just spin everything and take it and realize that 
parents are love their children mm -hmm. and this is through their eyes and we don't see the same perspective and you're giving everything for your their child and sometimes you're not going to agree and you just got in okay we're to get better from it when i when i see this parent again i'm going to kill him with kindness and say that hey i'm sorry we don't agree eye to eye but i'm here for your son or daughter i do have young ladies that play for me and I'm going to be the best I can. And if we have a problem, well, then we'll take the next step and we'll go with uh, administrators. Usually we don't, you know, because a lot of times it's a heat of the moment. Mm. And we are, and I, I understand it. I agree with it, but I understand it, you know, just always being that positive because I don't want one of my players or my students or my daughters to look at me and say, what is coach doing? This is not him. And so I always think of that before I ever react and it helps me keep things positive and create that culture of, you know, our, of love in our, in our football program and what love is all about. And it's amazing what happens and how the lives of these young people change for the better. And they start seeing things in a positive light when it can very easily go negative because a lot of these young people are just surrounded with negativity in life. And um, try to set that example for them. Well, I like that. And <clears throat> I think a lot, you know, obviously I don't know what they would, you know, the demographic of the area and so on and so forth, but, you know, grow, you know, seeing it firsthand, at least locally here, I'm sure a lot of those kids will probably look up to you as a father figure or you know, mentor or whatever it might be. And you never know, as you mentioned earlier, is, you know, just some of them may want to listen, you know, <clears throat> and let's. I would say when it comes to obviously social media, um, what are ways that you handle social media, especially when, you know, maybe, a, you know, one of your players or even a student, it doesn't matter really so much as a football player or a student may approach you like, Hey coach, you know, why is such and such happening? You know, why are we seeing continuous mass shootings? Why are we seeing, it doesn't, you know, not to get political, but, it's the reality world. How do you yeah. kind of help them lead to understand or at least semi grasp that? Unfortunately, as we all, you know, as I tell my kids, and I'm sure you tell your kids as well, is not everybody's nice. You know, as much as we hate saying that, just not everybody's nice. But how do you approach that? How do you handle that situation? Yeah, it's um, and it happens a lot um, where they come and they're like, hey, they know that I'm gonna it's it's humbling to know that i'm going to give they feel i'm going to give them the best answer mm -hmm. or just a truthful answer and sometimes i don't know right. um but we just go through and try to compare it to things and try to put ourselves in that their okay. lens and what do you think their perspective is why are they doing this and you know something that we don't know what's going on inside them and just trying to teach them that empathy and that you know, we may not understand why they are doing something or why they're posting this, why they chose to take the lives of innocent people. Yeah. So what's going on and how can, what can we do to make it better? Or what can we, you know, if they're religious, can we pray for them? Can we do things for them? Um, you know, just try to talk, talk to them and listen to what they're feeling and whatever they're feeling. We try to relate to something happened or I try to relate to something happened in my life. And, and try to really, I try to really get them to see, and this is my students too, that they have they have the opportunity to change this, 
and it's not easy. Change isn't easy, and not everyone goes with change. If if everyone were to change, we wouldn't have the Revolutionary War, you know. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and just hey, what can we do, and what can we do for someone? Because maybe that person, all they need was you to say hi to them walking down the street, and that might have changed their whole day, like you did with your story with the homeless man. That's phenomenal because that you don't know what you could. You not only did you feed him and give him conversation, but you have no idea what you did inside for that man. You know, it could have been. I mean, you could have changed his whole perspective. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? There is good in this world. I'm going to make it through this thing. Well, and uh, it's just those little things that you just don't know. And so I try to teach them about that and perspective and how they have the opportunity to be the bigger change. Well, I like that. I think uh, you know, like I was telling the gentleman, you know, I said. What I'm doing, I'm not trying to get famous off of or get, oh, pat on the back. So, like, you know, good Michael. Mm-hmm. I said, dude, I said, I, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, and I looked at him, I said, I've never been homeless. I don't understand. I don't understand. I won't probably ever. But, you know, I said, I don't understand it. But I said, and I told him, I said, man, dude, I said, God loves you. And I said, mm-hmm. I love you. I said, I don't even know you, but I said, I love you, dude. And I invited him to church and so on and so forth. And he's like, you know, awesome. he said, this is kind of funny. I said, well, what's that? He said, my kid's been meaning to, we're going to go back. You know, he's been asking to go back to church. He said, we've been trying to find a church. I said, dude, I said, just let me know. I said, I'll be there. And uh, he says, so if I come to church in, <clears throat> in this location where I'm at, he says, so you're going to be there. I'm like, just let me know. I said, I'll, I said, I'll definitely be there. And I said, if you tend to later one, I said, just let me know. And uh, I said, I'll meet you there. So, you know, I, and I think it, it, you know, and I was telling, you know, not many people, I was like, I'm just being me, you know, mm-hmm. called from sports casting to now going to school for ministry. I don't, it's Feel. all, that's all, I can't explain that one, but, yeah. but, um, but no, I mean, I, I applaud you that because I don't think a lot of people, I think we missed a mark. And I think I made a statement, I think right after the Uvalde thing kind of did a little statement on, on it, kind of, kind of out edited and posted it. But it's like, I think we, as, as the society, I think we missed a mark. Cause I just don't, I can't remember. And I'm not, you know, I'm sure you probably in the same boat as, you know, I'll be 35 in March. I just don't ever recall going to school, literally scared out of my pants and wondering is, are we going to get a mass shooting or, Am I even going to go to my parents at th- or three, roughly about three, three thirty, or after football practice? Am I gonna, you know, you just we never had that fear. I feel for these kids. It's like I just can't imagine, especially some of these areas to where there's just no resources to help these, you know, the schools and so on and so forth. So I applaud you for that. I, I mean, I really do because I think we are definitely. I shouldn't say neglecting the younger generation. But I think we're just not, like you said, leading by example in ways to how we can make a change in the world, or at least in the country, if anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I applaud you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I agree with you. I we went to school. You know, we didn't have to worry about any of those things. I was just worried about practice. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, unlike Alan Iverson, I worried about practice. Yep. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, yep. Um, that's all, you know, and give my education and stuff. And now it's different. If you like really listen to these, especially these young adults that I teach, <clears throat> the things that are going through their mind and that I see, I have three daughters mm-hmm. and Ken, eight and six. And 
what what they're going into and stuff like that is just like and what they're dealing with and what their worries are was so different than what our worries were mm-hmm. and you just like try to equip yourself but it goes you know for me personally and just me and i believe you're the same way both the faith you know you're here for a reason you know and to give not to judge give back and give up yourself be the best person you can be and i try to do that for my students as best i can and lead that way and but it's tough because I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is, and not to mention the one person, but someone reached out. I'm like, I'm going through X, Y, and Z. And I told him, I said, I'll pray for you. I, I don't have, you know, and it's okay if we don't have the answers. Because I'm like, yeah. I told him, I said, I don't have the answer. I just, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And it's, you know, it's, I know we always feel bad, but it's like, I don't, you know, some days I just don't have. Most days are not. I don't yeah. have the answer, but I know who no, does you if you go focus on them. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, no. Um, of course, positivity and prayer and obviously I'm joking on this one. I don't want people to think that. See, God does love the lions. Okay, guys, it's a joke. <laughs> he loves everybody. But um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of lions, you're a lions fan stuck, you know, in Wisconsin. Uh, never been there. Hopefully, one day we'll be in Wisconsin. Uh, oh, I'd what, love to hook up with you. <laughs> what's, oh, absolutely. What's the thoughts on Dan Campbell and the turnaround he did with the Lions? And the, what kind of direction do you like seeing them? Because I mean, they, they just missed the playoffs this year. And yeah. I really thought yeah. if they would have made it, they could have made a run for it. But maybe next year. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on well, Dan I've Campbell's been, uh... turnaround and, and the Lions' direction coming to 23? It has given me excitement. Very nice. Um, I have been a, a Lions fan for 43 years. Um, as in, like, I always joke with my students because I have a Detroit Lions flag mm-hmm. hanging in my classroom, and the kids know they and they're so they're so good with it. They, and I always say it's was it's been almost 43 years of misery, <laughs> um, but I'm so loyal that I can't give I can't give up on it. I mean, Wayne Fonz. Oh gosh, I love I yep. love Wade Fonz. You know, back in the day, and um, Barry, I was Barry Sanders. Sanders. Yep. I was a freshman in college and Barry retired and I cried. Yeah. And I was devastated. That was a decision. I don't think anybody's going to understand why that was made. Yeah. Well, you, you start looking back at it and maybe it had something to do with the old ownership. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, but he walked away. He's still a big part of the community. Oh, still a huge part of the organization. Um, so I've been through a lot. I, I like, I like Codwell a lot. I thought he was doing a lot of good things. Um, you know, but the new regime in there and um, they needed to do something different, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they hit it, hit it on the head with, uh, Matt, with uh, you know, Matt Campbell. I mean, not Matt Campbell, Dan Campbell. <laughs> um, no, you're, I, mean, I get those two mixed up sometimes. Yeah. Um, I was going to MCDC is what yep. I was thinking of the M. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, he gives a fire and passion and it's what people, so many people say it, but until you actually go to Detroit and see it for yourself, that blue collar, the hard work ethic, he brings that. I mean, I was so impressed with him the first week. He was in the Detroit factory talking to the workers in the in the in the Ford Motor factory, and just embracing it. But I really like experience, yep. NFL experience, to relate to these people, to these young people coming into the organization and building it. Um, great. You know, they had, I couldn't believe, like, he fired uh, uh, Lynn the first, like, two mm-hmm. games his first year. I'm like, this, I, 
think Lynn's offense is brilliant, mine. And, uh, but he did, and he called plays. And then look at Ben Johnson. I mean, gosh, he was doing great. And, but, and I really like you at creative, but I, I give, um, to the new, the new ownership, what they're doing, you know, uh, and then Holmes, he is a talent seeker. Right? Like you look at what they found in like Houston and Rodriguez, Joseph, and the, I mean, all these guys that are really contributing. And so it's just giving like hope and people have bought in. And what impressed me as soon as the season was over, you have all these veterans like Jamal Williams and Alex Alizone, Bugs, going into the ownership, Brad Holmes say, hey, we'll take a pay cut. We want to stay here, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Not you know, especially with young dudes. <clears throat> and it shows something about the culture. And so it, it's a, I'm excited. You know, I was uh, – it's just funny because right across the hall from me, my offensive line coach mm-hmm. is a history teacher, too. Nice. And he's from Michigan, so he's a Lions fan too. And when they traded, they're like, "Oh, Goff is going to be there one year. They're going to they need to they need to draft all these people." And kept on telling, like, "Give Goff a chance. Mm-hmm. He's not too bad. He's solid. He's been a <laughs> And he told me, uh, Mark told me at the end of the season, he's like, "I hate to stay in the season, but you're right." And I'm like, "Well, I just give him a chance. He has some coaching, you know." And so it's a uh, change of that culture, and that's a buzzword culture but you really see it affect the professional level and so you always hear that it's such a business in the nfl which it is but this kind of shows you it's a little bit different there and they get and they're really building something special so it's exciting I mean, as you can tell i'm fired up well i think rightfully so i think of any organizations in cleveland i think they're just cursed but i think of all of all the organizations i think detroit the one i kind of like Way to go, guys, because I think you guys have been through a lot. And like I said, you know, Cleveland, I know they get their misery, but some days you're just you're cursed, cursed. I mean, you look at the Cubs and yeah. it took them 100 plus years and win one, and now they can't get back there. So you never know, I think. <laughs> but, um, well, was it uh, that Mark and I, um, we, we said we could write a book mm-hmm. on all the like things that happened to Detroit Lions in our lifetime. And uh, he's a little bit few hours older than me, but not much. And from anything from like the Megatron catch that was called incomplete in Chicago, the Hail Mary, the record setting field goal. I mean, the list goes on, <laughs> you know, so it's uh, fun that when you see them beat them in Green Bay, it was great. Um, and uh, what I really like too, Dan Hamill is so, he is so like, he just says it is. Mm-hmm. Like he's on the, they're, they're interviewing on the sideline. He's like, there's no doubt we want to beat them and send them home. You don't usually do the like the politically correct thing. Yeah. He's like, nope, we want to beat them. Yep. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm like, all right, all right. So it's it's fun to see. I know I would personally run through the wall for that dude. I think yeah. I think he's got the troops rallied, and uh, mm-hmm. they, I'm sure maybe they're missing a piece or two, maybe not. You know, obviously, I'm sure you guys will address it in the draft and during the off season. Yeah. I'm sure, but. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think you guys are on a on a good note. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, I'm a Denver guy, and uh, we oh, yeah. have we've haven't seen many winning seasons lately. Not to you know, I mean, we've had more winning than losing, but 
since Peyton Manning's days, we've just fell flat. <clears throat> From a non-biased standpoint, um, kind of get your perspective. Yeah. What is the issue in Denver? I know they thought they fixed the quarterback position. Russell Wilson, obviously, 10 times, you know, name-wise, 10 times better than what we've had the last seven years. Obviously, his play was tough to see at times. Coaching's been, you know, up and down. What, what, from your standpoint, in opinion, what do you think was wrong in Denver this year as to the Russell Wilson season 1.0 kind of fizzled and fizzled kind of quick? Yeah, um, that was surprising. I thought, you know, um, you know what, uh, Wilson played here in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And so we got, I got to see him and, uh, you know, and he seemed to have that natural leadership and he was not quite tall enough, but he still got done and uh, learned under Paul Chris who would mm-hmm. develop great quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think the chemistry wasn't quite there. Yeah. Like he had chemistry with, uh, with, uh, with Carol who did, who didn't do the offense, but with that coaching staff, cause he was there and for a time and it's just not overnight. And I think, um, it was the last on the last episode you had. Kind of hit it on the head a little bit. That Hackett and him just weren't quite. You could see it wasn't the same yeah. as that you saw in Seattle, where he knew like this read, this read, boom, we're going this way. He was like more trying to waiting, trying to make the big play happen. I saw. I thought um, you know, you know, and they had a little banged up off his mind. Now I'm a Quint Miners fan. He's from, so he's from Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, he is a great dude. I love that yeah. dude. You know, um, I got I got the Quentin Miners shirt and stuff like that. The, uh, nice. Fear of the Belly and stuff. And um, but I just think there was there was a disconnect. I didn't believe in Hackett. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have the, they're not in the belief here. Not getting things done. It's it can can lose the the chemistry quickly and the faith and like hey, what's this? We need to. Well, let's wait next season, you know, and and it's it's just tough. It just seems something was missing, and the pinpoint is exactly what it was. I just think, and I'm not sure. I I love it. Like um, in the last podcast, said that Hack it doesn't know how to coach at all, or someone says that. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, well, that's does. gonna be but, you know, I don't think he did for Denver, though. You know, right. and um, this wasn't. You got good receivers. You got home run weapons. Mm-hmm. You got you have a running game. He has, and I know he got rid of Gordon. Gordon's another um, Elvin's another Wisconsin boy, yeah. and you had it, and it just wasn't clicking. And but then had the left, and you got things going. Mm-hmm. So as an outsider, you see that maybe it was the coach, maybe they didn't have the connection. He does know the game of football, but if you don't have eye and of all everyone, it's hard to get things going. Does that make any sense? I don't know. No, it does. I, I like the input because, you know, and <clears throat> on the last episode, well, the one that's got recorded will eventually be the one of the newer ones. But, you know, Carolina and I talked about, and this might be an issue. I think we've seen it quite some time as coaches continuously, you know, I, I remember Sam Bradford. I know I'm kind of showing the age now, but I remember Sam Bradford. You're younger than I am. <laughs> I remember, you know, Sam Bradford coming out and saying, you know, I can't continue to grow in the league if I'm continuously having offensive coordinators, you know, 
replaced literally one after another every other two years or every year depends on who you are and you know i hate you know i know it's a one and done thing do i think hackett was the issue and i told client you know and it goes back to with drew lock the offensive line still i think is missing something i don't know if it's mm-hmm. if it's lloyd kuzenberry at the center i like yeah. uh you know um reisner i like um queen i like all them I don't know if it's at Glasgow, is it on the, you know, on the, on the, I think he's on the left, on the right. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know, but DeMarco, you know, D'Amico, DeMarco Ryan from San Fran, mm-hmm. you know, I know he's top commodity. Of course, Sean Payton, I just, I know he's, you know, the biggest topic, but their asking price, I think, is a little, I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't, you know, especially like, that's a high asking price. He's obviously a brilliant mind. Oh, he knows how to do it, you know. But that's first round picks, you know, and you gotta wait you get get rid of your top first round picks in Seattle mm-hmm. right now, but you still have one via Miami was it, I believe. Um, and so yeah, to give it with all those picks, you know, it's like and will will Sean Payton bring you to the Super Bowl? That's the question I always say. Exactly. Like when the Stafford trade was did Rams gonna Stafford gonna bring the Rams to the Super Bowl? He did, so it was worth it, right? Because banners last for, last forever. Mm. You'll get you'll get first round picks again. Yep. You know, and so I think there's maybe is the line. I'm not. It's just it wasn't a lot of time, and your expectations when you when you trade for someone the caliber of Russell Wilson, there's no grace period. We got to win. Yep. You know, you got to win. Don't say let's ride. We got to win. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, it wasn't there right away, and. Uh, with my like my connections to the Broncos, I I watch them, I follow them, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just I expected better. Like I drafted Russell Wilson my fantasy football. He was gone after week three. Same here. <laughs> yep. Same here. You know, I I, I got at, or um I got uh what's his face from uh, New York Giants, and he did great for me, oh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. But um, yeah, I think because the Broncos have great fan base. Yeah. It's a great city. I lived in Denver for a summer. I lived in Aurora. I worked for my uncles. My uncles out there, family out Very there, nice. and I love the area. And um, they have such a loyal fan base, and they have it's the pieces there. You know, I thought Russell would be there. So there's something. There's some kind of disconnect. And as um, just a small time high school coach, when there's that disconnect, it falls on you. Mm-hmm. Cause you're the one you're the leader you're one to set an example and even for grown men that are phenomenal athletes you're still the example yep. and they need to follow you because if they don't it's very obvious to the public well absolutely and i'm with you on that one we went to denver let's see my grandmother passed june 11th of this past year so we went may yeah that was tough we went May of Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend, we went. We took the kids out to Denver, first time for all of us, and that was a blast. She got, she ended up getting, um, uh, mile high sickness. What you call it? Um, oh, um, um, I really didn't do much. Altitude, uh, altitude uh, sickness. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I knew. Uh, altitude, and then the second time her and I just went, and we went to Denver, Arizona game. Of course, lost out because you know Russ had a concussion. Kyler tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Well, here we go. We got a bunch of backups, yeah. but they still love their team. Um, the Boo Birds mm-hmm. were out, but no, that fan base is passionate. I think you know tailgates and everything else, but yeah. you know, I just don't know. Reminds me of Green Bay a lot. Oh man, I, if there's a if there's a stadium tour, kind of like Fenway, unfortunately, Yankee Stadium's torn down, but you know, a lot of these older historic stadiums, I can just imagine just being in, but. I think Denver does play uh, Detroit next. I think. Don't hold me to it. But I is, is it in Denver? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I have to look. Let's see. Um, but uh, I know That's my... Denver before oh. things reschedule. Um, we'll have to talk off air here and talk about if, if it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's going to be – it's going to be in Detroit, so correct, yes. Okay. Um, Maybe the year after they'll be in Denver then. That would be cool. Because um, I'm uh, fortunate, uh, my uh, like you mentioned before, my my cousin's um, husband is the mascot for the Denver Broncos. There you go, uh, guys. Great dude. I don't know if I can say his name or not, so I'm just a whole laugh on it because yeah, I think it's a lot of it. Yeah. Not supposed to know. Um, you would never, you look at him, never think he'd be a mascot, but um, he's a, he's a cool dude, and just uh, like the the stories he tells and stuff like that is like um, if you don't mind me. My uncle was. I'm gonna tell it anyway. Sorry, sure. <laughs> I should say money. But uh, the last Super Bowl mm-hmm. they were in, uh, my uncle went went with his daughter. Got tickets going because um, of being the mascot and stuff like that. And so they were in like the the wife's play, bus and stuff like that, and with like wow. the, the family. And um, they're pulling up the stadium, just having a good time, you know, mm-hmm. celebrating, partying before that. And all of a sudden, Von Miller comes walking in. Oh. And he's like, everyone, uh, uh, give me your tickets. I'm going to sell them. I'm just selling your tickets. And they had to get great seats for the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm selling them. And everyone's like, why? He's like, because we already won the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. So let's sell you your tickets, get you some money, and you celebrate anyway. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my, my uncle, like, never tells that story all the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's so so cool and stuff like that. And so, um, but geez, like you said, how do you get me on the field if we ever go to the, to a Bronco game? So, if the, when Detroit's in town, we might have to meet up. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind, Coach. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna hit you up. I'll I'll uh, DM you my number. Of like, hey, so I heard from the last yeah. cover. You know, first time you're on, you're hooked now. Uh, but <laughs> no, I will. I'm a man of my word. I'll uh, I'll same here. I'll. Uh, Definitely uh, keep that one in mind. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, and one that we all love to hate, but you got to respect the man, Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> Carolina had a wonderful <laughs> personal intake on him, but uh, <laughs> yeah. what's your wow? What's your what's your first? What's your thought? Well, first of all, we all know he's one of the greatest to play. Yeah. Have we now finally seen potentially the end of Tom Brady? I mean, I know he said a few years back he wants to play till he's fifty. I think he's 45, 46 now. Yeah. yeah. His play is starting to really decline. I mean, obviously, he's shown some flashes. I'm not going to just completely knock him out of the water yeah. like he's just a wash up. But towards the end, it's starting to kind of suffer. Do we have we, in your opinion, have we seen the end of TB12 or do you think he's got one more year, but not in Tampa? Yeah, I don't. Um, it's, you said it. He is arguably the GOAT. Yeah. Arguably. You can argue. I don't know if they're ever coming with exactly who the goat is or not. Um, but he arguably is. And 
I'm not saying he has butt people going. Right, exactly. What he's accomplished, you'll probably never see again. You know, it was in that, yeah. I thought, it was that interception, was it the first half in that last playoff mm-hmm. game? Yeah. Where it wasn't, like, I'm like, it was like one of the first times I ever thought Tom Brady, I'm like, what is going on? That's not Tom Brady. And love or hate him, it's like Aaron Rodgers, love or hate him, you respect their talent. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that's, you don't see that very often. And then you watch the game as it went on, and maybe it is. Because, you know, Peyton Manning, what a phenomenal quarterback. But you could tell that last year in Denver, he might have the zip on the ball, you know, but he won a Super Bowl. Yep. And so, and all those things, you know, and eventually you get to that stage in life where you just just don't have the zip on the ball anymore. You still have it up here, Mm -hmm. but... Sometimes your body, like when I play old man basketball in the morning, oh, yes. I think that I can't quite do it, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, so, um, <laughs> and I think that's, um, I think he might try one more year if he get the right situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's developing chemistry with your receivers all over again. Is it developed maybe a new system? All those things all over again. And he's been through it, so he knows but it might be harder for those uh, receivers that are still there to catch on. And it's going to take a lot of off-season work to get in a sync. Um, it's kind of saw in Green Bay where the receivers weren't in sync the first half of the year. That was evident. And uh, But I think that might be the biggest thing. Does he have enough in him to go through that whole off-season with a new group of receivers we're in a new offense, maybe new technology. Does he have it in him to fire deep inside? Um, if he does, I think one more year. If not, I think, well, I don't know if anybody will ever be as great as him uh, accolades-wise. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think parts of me wants to say, I think, one more year. Now, whether or not yeah. that's in Tampa, whether or not he may go with Josh McDaniels out in Vegas, whether he goes back to New England – I don't see that one, yeah. but um, I think one more, but it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the day that uh, um, he may, you know, he may give this up. I would just hate for him yeah. to go out the way he did, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was, I was wondering if he was that one that first Super Bowl in Tampa, if he was just going to ride off the sun, you know, that's what like, I like Peyton did, like Elway did, yeah. you know, it's not a bad way to go. That's the best way I would have if I was in that mm-hmm. position. NFL playoffs are wrapping up. We're down to the conference championship weekend. Uh, Joe Burrow, which I'm not a fan of. I think I've said it multiple times on podcast. Yeah, he, yeah. He yeah. keeps proving me wrong, so power to him. Uh, of course, being a Broncos guy, Chiefs, I just can't stand, but i got to respect the team. Uh, Bengals-Chiefs uh, rematch from last year's AFC championship game. Uh, does Cincy get back to the Super Bowl in Arizona, or could we see Kansas City back in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I agree. You know, what's I mean, Cincy's proven mm-hmm. right now. They're like, hey, yep. they're just going. Uh, if you love or hate him, he knows how to win football games, Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm impressed with him by is – he knows how to command a team. Mm-hmm. He's like a Patrick Mahomes, know how to command a team. Yeah. Uh, where the players play for him. His teammates play for him. You know, they don't, they're not, you never see him bad mouth another. Mm-hmm. I often, as a, 
a high school coach, I watch the reaction of players, especially the quarterback, as I coach QBs and I, I call the offense for our high school. How does a quarterback handle himself when the negativity, as you're talking about, of course, steps in? Where it might not be your fault, you threw that interception, but you did. How do you handle? Because you know that that receiver is feeling terrible. How do you handle that? And I watch that a lot. And you see, like a Trevor Lawrence, even well, mm-hmm. go and pick his teammates up. And you see that with Mahomes. You see that with Burrow, where they pick their teammates up, and it seems to be more successful on the road. I tell you what, um, Cincinnati's defense coordinator, I'm coming up great plans to shut down like Josh Allen. I mean, look at that situation for the game starts. Buffalo snow on the field. You're like. Bills Mafia. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no way the Bengals are gonna win this game. Yep, they did. They took it to them. So it's like, what can stop them again? They beat, they beat Kansas City once. Why can't they do it again? But I do think Kansas City without uh, Ty- Tyreek Hill is a lot more. They have a lot more weapons, a lot more balance. Maybe not the explosiveness, but you take. They look like those like hybrid running backs they have now, that are running the football and they look like wide receivers, mm-hmm. and but they're running a power. I mean. I mean, I guess the game plan is keep Mahomes in the pocket. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's uh, they're they look not good, but if anybody can do it, it's it's Joe. You know, he'll he'll command his team and take advantage of situations. And um, a former um, in high school, a former uh, um, opponent of mine, him and I were talking, and uh, uh, through uh, text messages, and um, he said he said he. Look at some of the game film. Joe Burrow going back to LSU never makes the same mistake twice. Hmm. Never makes the same mistake twice in a game. And I started looking at stuff. I'm like, he's right. I mean, Jared is right. Mm-hmm. He does it. He learns from those, and then he those, and that can really help with the, in those high pressure situations too as well. Um, so there's, I don't know who, I don't know. Um, I think it's gonna be a heck of a game. Oh. Yes. Uh, I think Kansas City will learn from last year and um, give give Cincy everything they have. And But if they let Cincy hang around, I, I, how can you not give it to Joe Burrow? He, he's, you know, <clears throat> I think on the NFL preview show, which I think consisted of, oh, man, how many people? Eight or nine, seven or eight people I had on the show. Yeah, yeah that was that was a lot. But um, probably won't ever do that one again. But um, <laughs> still do a preview show, just not that many people. Um, but anyway, I think I called Joe, Joe out saying that since, since he was a fraud, I think beginning the season, since he was a fraud, they won't get back to the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I'm striking out against Joe. So You're almost right, though. They started off rough. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. And a, a buddy yeah. of mine, uh, Dan, who hosts the uh, Time to BS podcast, he thinks it's a personal uh, bandana I have against Joe <laughs> because Joe destroyed us in the Peach Bowl uh, yeah. against Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. Yeah. So yeah, I promise it has nothing to do with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a um, buddy. It is an interesting question for you. My buddy. Um, uh, client on uh, tweeted on client time 99 he what happens if we didn't have the transfer portal would we have joe burrow in the nfl Mm-mm. right that's crazy how those things can change just someone's life like that nuts well it is and, it, and i'm glad you brought the transfer portal up 
Is it a, is it a good thing for? I know I'm hearing mixed at this point. I I'm trying to stay positive, but it's really starting to kind of give me a bad, not really bad vibe, but a bad mm-hmm. like you guys earn it for a specific reason to be. You know, like Britt Venable said, you know, uh, headed into this first season, which that was a train wreck. But you know, like he said, I want people that's committed. I don't want you to sit there on National Signing Day and say I'm committed, or or you're going to tweet out some I'm committed and then backtrack a year later, let's say, for example, and end of the transfer report. I know OU lost a ton of – I mean, you see it's not just OU. You see it every university, a lot of people transferring. Is a transfer portal starting – Is <clears throat> one, I guess how I should say is this. Is a transfer portal eventually going to hurt college football, or where do you see this at along with the NIL? Because my yeah. – I guess I'm old school when it comes to the NIL. My thing is – you got the scholarship, you got the free ride, you got your room and board, you got your book, you got everything paid. But, you know, I see their side and I get it. But anyway, uh, is a chance reporter yeah, eventually yeah. going to hurt college football? I, you know, the start thing, yeah, it's an adjustment and change for all of us. Yeah. I think, you know, there was the first proposals where you only could like do it one time, mm-hmm. you know, and then, um, that changed. And I think, you know, sometimes you find yourself in a situation, especially someone made a good point. Gave it because even I played small time college football, mm-hmm. but I gave everything that coach recruited me. I was playing for him. You know, I was playing for the muskies across my chest. Who were they called the muskies and, the, you know, but then he, then my coach left and I liked our new head coach, but he wasn't the one that recruited me. Right. So if something like that happens, if coaches can leave, I can see maybe giving the opportunity, hey, you got one time transfer portal. Mm -hmm. I see that. I see it this unlimited. You know, it's like, oh, I don't get my way now. I go somewhere else or I'm going to go, you know, now you have like all these thousands of student athletes looking for a new home. And what happens if they don't get picked? But what what you see now at the high school level now, it's really started trickling down where you have these, these high school athletes that are on the, you know, waiting for that division one offer. Maybe they're a smaller, they go to like uh, North Dakota state university, but they're waiting, but North, North Dakota has to wait for the transfer portal. So you're finding these like high school athletes that usually would get an offer and commit and probably be that four year person there. Now no home. Mm. And what do I do? So a lot of have to go to the JUCO level. So it's like a shift in everything because of this um, transfer portal. Um, it gets some exciting players, you know, at times, you know, like had, and Jalen Hurts was in town yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it does do that, and it's good for universities too. <clears throat> but I think what people don't really see is the trickle effect it has to go with the high school kids, and now they have to be okay with moving around when you might have like a high school kid just, just wants to be at one place, one place only. And now they have to, well, have to go to Juco, they have to find another place and maybe that that's a lot of moving around. Um, so I think that has, has negative effect. Um, uh, with I think there should be a limit here with the NIL too. If everyone has the same, Hey, you only can make so much money. You can't make this $1.3 million quarterback of Florida. Yep. You know, that's because Texas has big boosters, <laughs> you oh, know, absolutely. You know, and stuff like that. And then you see, like, like Coach Prime at Colorado, you know, bringing a whole crew in. Mm-hmm. And 
because of transfer portal, that's immediately going to change Colorado and Boulder. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I, there's positive and negatives. I think there's just needs to be restrictions to it. I like that one. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious how Coach Prime does in Colorado. Of course, he does, you know, uh, he did pretty good job. You know, I shouldn't say pretty. He did a good job at, at Jackson mm-hmm. State. And I understand, you know, people are like, well, that's, you know, level of competition, so on and so forth. Regardless, he did a phenomenal job. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious how he does in, in Boulder and especially a program that's, as I think I mentioned two or three weeks ago, dead. A dead buffalo. They got to resurrect a dead buffalo, but yeah. no pun intended. But um, during the uh, speaking of off season and transfer portals, during the off season, what do you usually do? You know, to get away, <laughs> get your mindset away from football, if there, if that even is possible. Um, um, what are your favorite things? To it's do possible. Yeah. Uh, I uh, especially with having young girls and. Um, my uh, my wife Jessica picks up. Uh, she's she's a rock. You know, there's the old saying that that behind every good or great head football mm-hmm. coach, I'm not saying I'm either. Um, there's even a better wife, mm-hmm. and she holds it down. So I really kind of just I do coach track though. Very <laughs> um, nice. I assist, um, but I uh, just I spend as much time as I can with my girls nice. and with Emma Jess, and just try to engulf that. They, the way we set up our program is like every Thursday night we have team feeds mm-hmm. where parents make food and my girls come in, Jess comes in and really try to um, model to my young men that I coach. You know, here's a, I'm a father, first and foremost. I live by a pyramid of priorities where my faith is number one, yeah. my family, then my kids, which is part of my job, mm-hmm. even then myself. I always know myself. And it's a whole decision process that I teach my, my players to make, um, help make those tough decisions. And I'm showing that I'm modeling that with that. So, um, I, and so they're still part of the football program is where I'm getting at. I kind of get off and rambling. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, so I show that too. And so I really show it in the off season that I am driving them everywhere after school to their swimming lessons, piano lessons, dance lessons, um, you know, ice figure skating lessons. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. Um, all those things. Um, but I do like, um, I just like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I just listen to a lot of motivational, positive things. People that have like are well known that make these huge impact in people's lives. Well, what do they do to get there and try to learn about them? Always better myself. But um, during COVID, I became an, an amateur. I'm going to say amateur uh, barbecuer. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I love doing that. Um, so I've been researching it, um, made actually next weekend, going back up to upper Michigan to our cabin and, um, smoking a whole hog on a Ooh. cinder block pit and stuff. And, um, got a couple of different smokers and actually the kids at the school in the metal fabricating shop made me a homemade smoker for me is a, as a token of thanks. Whoa. And so I just, you know, I have the easy man smoker, like the pellet smoker from the stick smoker to cinder block and i like to do that and uh my doctor doesn't like that i do as much but <laughs> when i went for my yearly checkup but uh I, I love i love doing that and i can do it with my girls they help me and they learn about it and i bring it in for the players you know i always uh i thank you to my seniors i always make them a big feast and stuff and uh 
that's fun to do. And I just like the, the active old man basketball and stuff like that. I do like the golf. I'm not very good, but it's, it's a good way to make connections with people and stuff. And, uh, along with podcasts, I'm an avid reader. I love reading Did in high school at all, uh, but I so, love reading those good motivational books. What is your favorite podcast you're really into right now and your favorite book you're reading? Or one of the All right, so um, that's that's uh, I do like the I do like the one I'm on right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take that. Hey, I I appreciate yeah, no, that. it's good. I what I love about it is when I started listening to, I'm like, I love the realness about it. Mm-hmm. It's like my buddies and I sitting down here watching a game talking, and that's what uh you know that's what intrigues like someone like me is just uh being real, talking about the real yeah. things and what we're really thinking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I do, I do uh, like that a lot. I listen to a lot of the Jordan positive you. I listen to Jocko. Um, he is, he's always says some crazy stuff sometimes, oh, but great yeah. stories. I love the storytelling. Um, and oh, what's about the one? I, uh, what's it? There's a couple, um, Joe Daniels. He's a football mm-hmm. coach. I was on that one uh, a few years back. And that's a that's a really good one. Um, I know I'm missing one too that I listened, to, um, but I was on. <laughs> I'm trying. To, oh, my man Tony Schiffman, Hog Football, the Hog Football Chat. Oh yes. Podcast all about offensive line. Very nice. And um, I, I'm better. I got said his name because he's a really good friend of mine. He'd be really mad at me. <laughs> and uh, but just talking uh, about the game of football, and, and you alluded to this talking mm-hmm. about the Broncos. It's one in the trenches. Right. Plato, you got the most dominant defense and offensive line, you will win football games. And he's just a great soul. Uh, it reminds me a lot of you. Just down to earth, great soul, and fun to talk to. So those are the kind of podcasts I listen to. Um, Book-wise, my, one of my favorite books of all times is um, the, right Ty- the Right Kind of Heroes. It's about uh, Coach Bob Shannon, mm-hmm. uh, East St. Louis High School Flyers, and how we took this like inner city program and chained it to a national power. Wow. And it's uh, the, the nuggets you get out of that is just amazing um, to see what he did at that. And I really I read that about once a year, just because you something just reminds you why you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not for the X's and O's. It's not obviously it's not for the paycheck for high school football. Well, right. some places it's for the paycheck, not yeah. not in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's about <clears throat> building those relationships, setting that examples that can have the impact in life. Because when you get that thank you card unexpectedly from a player saying, "I want to hopefully be like you someday," what price do you have on that? You can't. Oh, that's priceless. You know, and that's what it's about. And um, yeah, I love chop wood, carry water to my Joshua Metcalf. That's once a year book for me too. I was trying to find. I know many people are like, "What are you looking at?" I am trying to find <laughs> one book, and I'm not seeing it. I'm sure I'm going to find it when I'm not on the spot. Anyway, um, no, I'm a big podcast person. I think you know, as someone else trying to pursue radio, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> the radio kind of. Well, in the world that we live in now, it's almost dying. I know here in Oklahoma City, uh, a few years back, they, uh, who was it? Anyway, they did a, um, Tyler Media, they did a um, 
you know, massive layoff and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I follow some people on Twitter, on Twitter, the on it, you know, that there's on air personality and they literally said that this is just a dying job and that, you know, eventually <clears throat> they're just going to, you know, podcast will either be one of those things that's going to take over or eventually, you know, radio just you better get your old CDs and download and music. Yeah. We see we a lot in Apple music and I don't know what Google uses mm-hmm. or Android uses, but, um, but no, in the one podcast I recommend one, he's a good buddy of mine. One, so I got to give him yeah. some props. Is the Finding Moments podcast? Um, it is Wong. He's on Twitter. It's I'm gonna let's see here. I think I'm gonna. <clears throat> um, but he's a wonderful. This dude's. You know, you're talking about down to earth. He is one of those guys that you can be yourself, you know, to him. But at the same time, his his content is off the chart. And I just sent you a DM of at least of the host. And uh, his awesome. podcast would be on his page because for some reason I can't find his podcast. Anyway, they're in a, he's in a current in the leadership uh, episode series with a good buddy of mine, Tom George, who is the – uh, CEO and founder of QB Impact, which is one of the world's largest um, football training facilities and uh, camps. And he's had camps down at AT&T Stadium. And I know um, Hawaii's had them and certain locations in, this, in the country's had them. And I know he's uh, he's offered, you know, for me to come down like, hey, just, you know, come down, just check these kids out. I don't follow high school football much anymore like I used to, but I know here in Oklahoma, all the schools out east are the ones that always win state. So, us schools in the west, whatever, because we know the schools in the east are going to win. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, no, defining moments podcast. Um, uh, undefeated and Wong Lam is phenomenal. And then, um, who I also added on your DM is Coach George, uh, phenomenal guy, Navy. He's he he shoots it straight. I think I think it's the best. I love it. Yeah, he shoots it straight. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are few inspirations to me. So I know that you'll find it, uh, find them very um, motive, and I think you'll enjoy his podcast. But wonderful leadership. He gets people. I mean, we always talk, and I'm like, where do you find your people at? Because he's <laughs> his he brought in. You know, mine's mine's starting to get there, but mom's still I'm still bringing it home. But he goes. You know, he's got players. He's got you know, politicians, he had our governor, uh, governor wow. skid on. And so he's, he's, but good stuff. I, I don't think there's a moment you can't sit there and like, I didn't gain nothing out of it. So I'll see. You so on it. Yeah. That's a huge podcast. I would highly recommend, especially right now in their leadership pod in their leadership series. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's what my job is developing yep. leaders. And so I, I love reading anything, listening, to anything, just, so much I have experience, but there's so much more out there that I oh, need absolutely. to take in and digest, you know. <clears throat> yeah. A few so. last questions for you. I know you're I know you're uh I'm sure <laughs> ready to to call it a night. How many no, inches man, this of, is great. how I many inches it. of snow were you shoveling today? And the reason oh, why I asked like this three, is because like three or four. Gotcha. Wasn't bad. So the reason why because we just had snow on Today's Thursday. 
Wednesday, no. So Tuesday, I don't think we barely got two inches. So here in Oklahoma, we literally freak, well, most of us literally freak out. 99% of us, me on the other hand, I'm like, cool. As long as there's an ice, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. The 99% of us like freaks out. The gro- I mean, you see, talk about the economy booming. The grocery stores are packed. Bread t- <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. I'm like, cool, for two inches of snow. Um, that's yeah. what it finally ended up being. But no, I was kind of wondering because, you know, it, I know in certain states, like we went to Denver, they just got a snowstorm after we left. And the buddy of mine was like, yeah, he said in Denver, they have some heater roads and stuff like that because they get a lot of snow. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, here, on the other hand, Oklahoma City, you just hope and pray that the snow trucks have <laughs> <laughs> dumped the salt because it's you and the grace mm-hmm. of God. But I know we're supposed to get, uh, supposedly, supposed to get some ice Monday, Tuesday. So, oh, yeah, ice. Yeah, now that I, I won't be on. I, I won't yeah. drive on ice. but it's, um, it's not worth it. No. Like my dad always says, he says, son, it's you and the grace of God. That's all he says because he said, yeah. no break or nothing's going to stop you. He said, you're mm-hmm. just going to stop eventually, but where? I don't know. So, like, I, Mike, I grew up in Upper Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at Upper Michigan at all, it kind of looks like a fish. And I lived at the top of the fin, a small town called Lakeland and Hubble. And um, we over 300 inches of snow a year. Oh. Like, I grew up driving on, on snow-covered roads. Whoa. Yeah. So 16 years old, I was in a ditch a couple times, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's crazy, but you're right. I always was taught you hit ice, you let it go. Yep. Cause you, you're not going to control anything. And it happened to me one time where I hit ice, right? Let it go. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in the ditch. Easy. I was able to, with my 1984 Subaru, able to get out of it. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the ice. You hit that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know some people, I know, I like especially different, you know, different um, states. I love having them on and, you know, even different countries. I've had, you know, um, a rugby player on and Australia, which is interesting. I'm about to have one from, from, it's the Oslo, it's O-S-L-O. I want to say Sweden, but she's in the O-S-L-O time zone, whatever that is. I want to say it's Sweden. But she's, a, little, huh? she's big on leadership. That's another one that I'll oh, shoot your nice. way. Um, yeah. That's one I'm really looking forward to. But um, she goes, you know, I'm on, I'm on, I shouldn't say I'm on TikTok religiously, but I post videos from time to time. But she so like, do I. she's like, <laughs> you know, diving in this ice water. I'm like, that makes no sense. Now, do you dive in ice water or fish ice? Um, I have a nice fishing multiple times. Um, I don't anymore. Um, when I moved on to Wisconsin, I kind of got out of the hunting and things like that. Cause I was farther away from the cabin mm-hmm. and, and stuff. Um, yeah, I've jumped in ice water. I love, um, taking what we call a sauna, you know, the finished hot bath, you know, a sweat lodge and you go and we, and so I'll be heading up to the cabin and we, I'll get it fired up. You're just sweating. It's just pouring. and you get out in your swim trunks and you run and just dive into the water or dive in the snowbank. And it's, it's like, no, it's ref- such a refreshing feeling for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, it's cold. I got to get it back in. <laughs> but it, it like cleanses your body. I mean, I just feel so, so much better and alive and awake with it. Yeah. So I have done it. <laughs> I don't, we used to mm-hmm. jump, we used to do it and then jump in Lake Superior, which is like the largest freshwater lake in the, maybe in the world or second. Mm-hmm. 
that never gets warm ever. It's like ice cold all the time, even when it's 98 degrees outside. Wow. <laughs> and um, we used to ju- take a sauna and then go jump in that. It was, cr- it was fun, but kind of crazy. Here's one for you. I'm kind of getting your your thoughts. I know a lot of people um, during this uh, <laughs> during the uh, pandemics and uh, so on and so forth. So rewind to 2020, if anyone wants to remember that one. Rewind, <laughs> rewind to 2020. <laughs> um, COVID hit sometime in March, something like that. Um, so anyway, you know the world literally shuts down but the country the state so on and so forth obviously i don't know the conditions in wisconsin at that time um i don't know if you know how much of you guys were closed how much of x y and z i know here in oklahoma city after a certain time frame literally every business was shut down or was shut down for months on end or so on and so forth and you can't go to hospitals unless you were temperature checked and your mask and all that stuff and and so anyway um, for me, a life lesson, that's kind of what I'm getting at. What kind of life lesson did you learn during COVID? For me, for example, um, in April, yeah, April, April, my dad had a massive stroke, nearly almost died. And so, and his health is just unfortunate, respectfully just declining. But, um, you know, blind at the time is blind out of his left eye, um, bleeding in his brain he's you know we thought man this ain't good so i'm like yeah i can't go up to the hospital because i mean they won't let you in and so anyway he comes out goes through whatever he can obviously leading up to today he's completely blind and memories i mean it's just it's sad you see people go through that but it's hard it is yes family or not it's just i can't it's like i can't believe but you know, it is life, but it's it's tough. For me, I would say, because I'm always, I don't show it a lot, but to me, it's like, I don't appreciate time, if you if that makes any sense. Like, you know, back then, it's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. My dad was like, so when are you going to come over and mow the land? I'll do it tomorrow. So it's always, I'm always putting off, putting off. So ever since then, I'm like, my dad may call my mom, for instance, since he can't see, but hey, dad wants to know, I'm like, I'll do it tonight. Okay, that's cool. Because even though I know he's going to say, well, do it tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is going to be. Like my grandma, for example. Real quick, and then I'll uh, let you answer. That Thursday before she passed, she passed on a Saturday, the week of the 11th of June. Her and I had one final conversation. <clears throat> we'll end up being our final conversation. And <laughs> I love this old lady the much. It's, I ain't going to lie. This Christmas was tough, not because she wasn't here, but because oh, that older generation knows how to make holiday food and cookies yeah. and br- brownies. And mm-hmm. Nobody can beat that. I'm sorry. Sorry yeah, to my wife. Yeah. Nobody can do it. But anyway, yeah. um, her and I had a good conversation, and I told her, I said, I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll also come back this weekend. She didn't say a word. Now, I ain't going to sit there and tell people I know what dead people are about to say or people that's about to pass away for the sake, but they know. And I don't even tell me. I don't know. It's too freaky for me. But stuff like that, and I knew in my heart, I'm like, I walked out the door. I said, Grandma, I love you. Oh, I love you too. And her and I were close. I was close to my dad's parents. And I said, I love you. 
I love you too. And she bawls and bawls and 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 so anyway, I told my dad I'm about to leave. <clears throat> he said, Okay. My mom, I told her one more time, I said, Grandma, I wanna see you. Not a word. And I cause and I like that because I shouldn't say I like that, but it brought back to twenty twenty was enjoy the moment that you're in now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about that aspect, the weekend, because in her in her mind, she knew I'm not going to make it past Saturday. I mean, she obviously <clears throat> knew. Don't tell me how those people know, but they do. Um, <clears throat> this, that, and something else. So anyway, long story short, what did 2020 teach you that you might have not, maybe an aspect or appreciated or whatever the case might have been prior to what they call pre-COVID, Prior to pre-COVID to what now they call is post-COVID, what were some life lessons that you learned and that you kind of didn't realize you, whatever, during that time frame and then kind of changing it since? Oh, there's a lot. Um, gosh, uh, I think you and I could probably be on for another two hours talking about things because <laughs> um, I had a similar situation with my grandfather that you did with your grandmother. And um, I'm you can't see it, but I'm all tatted up in the arms here. and. They're all do with my uh, honor, my grandfather's mm-hmm. and um, and things I am and my family. Um, I didn't like kind of like you alluded to, Mike. I didn't realize how busy I was. Yep. How I didn't take time to appreciate things, and it was something that both uh, Jessica and I mm-hmm. both kind of discovered. Like we like, wow, we were really so busy not to stay back and to enjoy the moment. And this made us like we were, you know, exercising together, doing all these things, just playing with the girls on the yard and doing all these things and just sitting down and having a family dinner together every night. So we make it a point that, and some nights you can't, Friday nights you can't right. <laughs> uh, for yeah. football, but um, we sit down and have dinner together and we stop everything and we talk to our girls about their days, like kind of like you grew up with you know mm-hmm. but just enjoy that enjoy their conversation their excitement and sometimes their crabbiness and things <laughs> like that uh, but just take that all in and realize how we how grateful we are and how lucky we are to have you know a roof over our head and most stable jobs that we didn't lose our jobs over covid um and we will still do things um with our families and where, yeah, it was inconvenience to wear a mask everywhere, but you're still be able to do things. Right. And it was, wasn't about me. It was for the betterment of people and things. Um, that really hit us. And so we still do our things. We're still big, but we always make sure we like Saturday, it's always, okay, what are we going to do as a family? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to go sledding? Are we going to go to the, bring the girls to the ice rink? Um, are we going to play games, <laughs> you know, or something simple like that? That really um, hit home with us during this the pandemic. Um, and then just being really grateful for where you're at in life. We don't need to keep on chasing. And I'll be honest, I was a chaser. I always wanted the bigger, the, you know, I want the better job. I want to be yep. big time coach and things like that. Well, there's so many coaches that said it, make the big time where you're at. Mm. And like, and yeah, right. And so I looked at myself I'm like, I'm a high school teacher. I love my job. I get to teach U.S. history, the oh, freshmen, which yes. I love, and saw, so, and then world history to, to um, sophomores. I'm a head football coach at 
you know, we're a small school, but we got 25% of the boys population plays football. Very nice. And, and I, you know, how lucky am I and what an impact I can make. And my girls are the water girls on Friday nights. <laughs> They're driving around the golf carts at practice with, with um, the managers. Mm -hmm. They're at track practice and, all the high school kids are loving them and they're part of it. I'm like, there's, I don't think there's a, there's a price tag that could ever replace this right here. Cause it's family, you know, forget about me. I love you. And I, that really set home for me during COVID. Um, but man, I, when I got to talk about that, uh, with your grandmother, what you felt, cause I, the last conversation I had with my grandfather was very, very similar. Yeah. I'll have to, I'm actually starting another podcast, which will be starting next month. Um, oh, good for you, man. Journey to Glory. It's going to be a Christian-based podcast, and nice. a lot of, a lot of insight. I got some people, you know, lined up. I shouldn't say lined up, but got someone lined up, and it's going to be a three to four part series. You're looking at motivation. You're looking at self, uh, self worth, since because society in itself is just. You know, you're doing, you're this, and that's all you are. And then, of course, uh, relationships, not so much, you know, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, but, you know, broadening, you know, friendships, um, relationships yeah. within families, you know, of course, your relationship with Christ. I mean, the list goes on. So, um, but yeah, I'll definitely like it, you know, I'll <clears throat> shoot you my DM and I love to have that conversation because it's interesting. Yeah. And I know a lot of people always, you know, because not many people know what she said. I kind of shared it when I did her funeral uh, a few days after. But to me, it's just this guy, like, how do you, I mean, I know we're way off topic, but it's like, okay. how do you know? Like, I know you're, you know, obviously she knew she was, you know, she was on hospice in February 20th. I was down at Paycom Center or downtown arena. And then from May 20 or February 20th to June 11th, I mean, it just went, bam. I mean, it just went like literally uh clockwork but and a quick one to boot but it's like that final few days it's like how i don't know it just it doesn't really freak me out it just gives me goosebumps because like i can't imagine you know hey mike i ain't i shouldn't say this but i'm going to anyway or i can use my grandpa because he's passed on um hey robert uh you have i think they gave him seven to eight years to live i think he lived i think 10 or 11 but you have seven, eight years to live. <clears throat> so he passed away my senior year um, in 06. And so I'm thinking, you know, he semi-died when my dad was shaving him, but enough to start him where he kind of jumped. But the night of, obviously, he, he passed. But it's like, how do you know? I just don't know. I don't know. But to me, kind of, it's interesting. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that really wants to know, like, tell me more. But then you realize, well, these answers we won't ever know because until we personally deal with it ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll have to, cause I kind of like to know yours in the course. I'll be glad to express mine. Cause it's just, it's interesting. It is. It is. And we can talk like I found uh, my wife's grandfather. It's crazy how, you know, like they tell this story. I never got to meet him, but he would, he woke up one morning Rolled over, gave his wife a kiss, and said, "You were a phenomenal wife. Thank you for everything." And was like thirty seconds later, he passed, mm. and no one, no one knew. Mm. But he knew. I mean, that's it's just like those things. It's like wow, and it's like mind boggled. 
Well, it is mind-boggling. I know where people are like, well, how in the world did we go for this? I don't know, but who cares? <laughs> I don't know, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's always great. I love, yeah. love conversation. And it's like, you know, you look at it and it's like, well, but it's like, you can't, like we talked about earlier, I don't have the answers. Literally, we don't have the answers to this. Yeah, I don't know what my grandma was thinking or my grandfather or your grandfather or people <clears throat> that we knew passed on before us. I mean, I, I don't know because we can't, yeah. we, we don't know. That's what, that's what I call it faith, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, God rest her soul. But um, <clears throat> now it's, uh, I like your, uh, your, I like your polo, by the way. <laughs> I'm a big yeah, armor guy. I'm like, yeah, I, I like that. Well, um, in our DM, give me your address. We'll get you something out in Oklahoma City for you. So, if I need to pay up, yeah. let me know. I'll be glad to. No, you were good, man. <clears throat> um, final few questions, and then, um, but uh, so me and Wong, we always talk about that's the host of the Defining Moments podcast. Cool guy. Yeah. We always talk about legacies leaving a legacy what do what are we working up to like for example we walked um he he him and i work in the same building he's on seventh floor i'm on second he owns his business i'm trying to get up there with him uh but uh we walked You'll around we walked around in our in our uh parking lot about four five six times around maybe longer anyway i told him i was like hey what's your goals for 2023 he told me his goals i mean same question. I said, here's my goals. When it looks back and said, we're working on building a legacy, you know, living a life that obviously one is, is, is respectable, but at the same time, it's a, it's a godly one. Or if you, even if you don't believe in, you know, God, it's however perfection to you that you look at it, whatever case may be, what kind of legacy, when you look back, I'm not referring to here, we were talking about death, but what kind of yeah. legacy when that time comes, First off, I guess question one A, legacy as a coach slash teacher, and then and who knows, principal and all that stuff. We don't know how all what may work out down the road. And then two as a husband and father and son and of course friend and everything else. What kind of legacy um, are you trying to build and want to leave behind for that when that day does come? Yeah, that's it. Great question, because it, it changed from when I first started to now. Um, but as a prof- as in my profession with a teacher and uh, a coach, and I, if I can, I want to be known at, I hope I leave the legacy that he led a life according to family, to forget about me, I love you, where I talk about what love is, and that's the giving of yourself for the betterment of someone else. It doesn't have to be the love like you have between you and your significant other right. or your children, but you're willing like you did for the homeless man. That's love. Yeah. And to give that, hey, Mr. Z, Coach Z, he was, he was a family man. He lived by it. He was empathetic. He was kind and nice to everyone, no matter who you were, um, what you believed, if disagreed, didn't matter. You know, he set the example to uh, forget about me. I love you. Mm-hmm. If I can leave that with my the people that I, I have the privilege of being a coach or a teacher to, um, I can't ask for much more than that. Uh, as a as a family man, kind of the same thing that um, I'd give anything. I give and do anything for them. That um, 
I live by that pyramid where it's my faith and then it's, it's my wife and it's it's my daughters. You know, if if if, my, if Jess came to me today and said, "Chris, I need you to not coach. I can't do it." It's not. There's not even a second thought. Right. I'm done. I'll, I'll coach again. I'm sure. You know, because my wife does. She never liked football until she met me, but she does. <laughs> but um, to uh, to leave that, know that I will sacrifice anything for my family, for my daughters, and for my wife. Um, and I will always put whatever my needs are in the back burner. If I can leave that and hopefully set the example for my three daughters of what a halfway decent husband is and father, that's the legacy I like to leave for my family. I like that. I think, I think I respect that more than I would say, you know, someone saying, well, I've heard this once and they don't. I don't think they listen to the podcast, and if they do, maybe they realize, oh, he, he does think about me. When this person, individual said, I want a certain amount of likes on TikTok, I want a certain amount of, and literally it was materialistic things. And so I talked to this, and put this individual, I'm like, you know, that's cool, I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, I, hopefully your, your followers is because the reputation, or at least they like you, not so much of, well, I, you know, however TikTok people get their followers, I but I, mean, I do know, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. anyway, but I, th- I, I like that because that's more realistic, but at the same time, that's more of a, of a priority. You know what your priorities are mm-hmm. set them up. Hey, here's set forth. I mean, the homeless guy, I mean, <clears throat> literally I'm pulling away. I kind of sat back. I kind of want to see, you know, cause I knew he was talking about his son. He said, I got to change out. I got to fix my son's bike. Now, I don't, I don't know the women's situation, why he is, that's not my business, I'm not going to get into it, but when he even said that, he said, even though I can't see myself for whatever circumstances going on, none of my business, but he says, I still want to make sure, and he literally made sure his his son's bike, so his um, fiance or, or ex, whatever the situation is, literally came by with the bike, and he fixed it, and he got on his mirror, I'm like, even as horrible of a situation even though he may not to be as hey you know i'm really not in bad shape talked about the, the uh, bu- um, sleeping bag he has it's actually one that a neighbor behind the park gave him that because we had a real bad cold uh, a few weeks ago and you know it can hold up to literally below zero i mean it's a really heavy duty nice looking bag but like i told him i said you know and i told you i know i'm repeating myself from earlier it's like I told him, I said, I can't understand the situation you're living in. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you don't have to tell me your whole personal life, you know, if you, unless you feel comfortable now. I don't know. He, you know, he said a few things, but nothing. That was like, well, why are you, you know, but, but no, I, I respect your, your legacy part because in the end, it's like you, you, your main concern is what is your priorities instead of, mm-hmm. I want to be a, you know, state football, um, winning coach of 10 times. Well, a lot of high school coaches and a lot of high school programs didn't win 10 times unless you're in a state, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're in a um, yep. conference like high course. school, you're get you're giving the kids. Yep. And you know what? You lead them. Yeah. You can't the talent level is going to be very every year. Yeah. I mean, I played in high school and we were the worst team every year, but guess what? <laughs> Our rivals right down the street won. I think it was end up being 16 or 15. 
some ridiculous amount in, in a row, but whatever. But anyway, but no, I, I respect that. And, and the last question I'm going to give to you, and and you don't have to answer it or be one that you can think of, is if, let's just say, you know, throw, I ain't going to say money because I think that's an unfair question. But if a certain, not even dream job, but if that one job, like you and your wife talked about, like, hey, so-and-so reached out to me and I really want to pursue it. But at the same time, this is home. What are ways when, what are, what's the process, if you will, when it comes to maybe potential, I don't know if it maybe happened in the past or you never know what could happen in the future. How would you handle that or, or What's the process when it comes to you and your wife when it makes big decisions, maybe of a bigger job down the road, or what you may consider your dream job? It's like uh, we communicate. You know, um, we we go through the process. And a um, good friend of mine, um, I coached with him for eight years with his name, Kurt Bell, very successful business or said, if you have a process, a good process, you always make the right decision. And so that's why I made the pyramid of priorities. And I teach my uh, players that, and we, my wife and I will go through it, you know, what, and if it's best for our family and it's going to make a better life for our family, we're still not taking away what we appreciate and our values and um, what we have here then we may make that decision. Um, but it's always our process is to go through the, you know, kind of like the old pros and cons checklist, mm-hmm. you know, um, and why we want to do it. Um, and part of that is like looking at the time commitment right now. Um, and cause I, I, we have been through this and we went through it. Um, I've had a few, I've been fortunate enough to have been, uh, recruited for a few head football coach jobs. Yes. <laughs> and um, when uh, uh, a while back it came, what happened was um, the unions were pl- kind of pulled from Wisconsin mm-hmm. for teachers. So it kind of was like full game, you know, if people want to oh. recruit, they can recruit people and stuff. And um, so I've been very fortunate. I have been through the process, but we just look at everything. And there's times where we said, it's not right for our family. Right. You know, it's going to cause tension. Or it's going to be too much time away from me. I'm not going to see. Um, it's not an area I'm comfortable with. And but then there's times like right now where we did move the family mm-hmm. because it was closer to her family, where she, like same town where she grew up in. Nice. And now my mom and stepdad are down here. They moved down here because they're retired. And so it was the right situation. Um, but just being honest with each other. And then for me, it's like I don't fixate that this is the job I have to have mm-hmm. because it's not the job I have to have if it's not for best for my family. And it's because I don't need it. Even though if the University of Wisconsin, well, I'm not a university, I like, do like Fickle. <laughs> um, but um, uh, if they were call and it wasn't best for my family, uh, it's, it's not what I, even though I'd love to be just at that level i'm not nearly qualified to be there um but it's not what's best for my family and so that's what we don't do and there's been a time where i had to make that decision where 
I was just had dreaming about the things that I could be doing at this new job, but it it wouldn't have been. And I believe that when I made that vow and I made that commitment to my wife, and she knew she was coach, and she knew what came with it. Um, but I believe I'd be breaking that vow if I would have went against what we made that decision mm-hmm. together. I hope that makes sense, but not too roundabout. What about Wisconsin Whitewater? Oh, I was recruited by Whitewater. way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Whitewater, man. They got a great thing going down yeah. there. Um, now they, they're looking for a head coach right now. Are they? Really? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they I are. And um, and so, and but here, um, you know, you got your different levels of football. You, and we have the G3. We have the, um, the WEAC where you have, like, University of Wisconsin Whitewater, mm-hmm. University of Lacrosse, Platteville, um, Oshkosh. It's like it, like they compare it to SEC of D three football. Gotcha. And it's interesting here in Wisconsin because there's one D one team, right? And that's it. And they have a good system of schools here, uh, state schools, which keeps the tuition down for mm-hmm. for students if they're in state. So if they're not getting recruited by Wisconsin. They go to Whitewater. They go to Lacrosse. They go to Oshkosh instead of leaving the state. We do have that now that like PJ Fleck in Minnesota has really ingrated uh, Wisconsin. Michigan State's coming over here now. Uh, Michigan is here. Ohio State was here in Wisconsin. Um, more kids are getting pulled, but for the longest time, D1 kids were playing like D1 walk-ons that were getting full rides in North Dakota State. Now they're playing at UW Whitewater. Wow. Yeah, and so it was unique for Wisconsin. And so, um, and they were. That's why you see guys getting drafted from mm-hmm. the from the WEAC league. That's why I did not know section of the day. Interesting. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. all Wisconsin over here. So, <laughs> have you ever been to Oklahoma City or Oklahoma in general? I drove through. I, um, I went and picked up my brother in Phoenix, Arizona. Very nice. Um, and then drove straight through from Phoenix to Wisconsin. <laughs> and we drove through and we wow. know, but, um, I heard it's beautiful. I loved your, like, I went back like a few weeks ago and listened to your very first podcast. Oh, and, like you're going, going through all the, like, oh, that was really good, man. I loved it to learn that history about the, uh, Oklahoma city and the sports teams and wow, things like that. Way back. That's yeah, that was, it was good. I'm like, you know, I would, I've been listening. I'm like. This is good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's and, uh, first. Holy cow. So we want to visit for sure. Well, you're definitely, uh, you know, who knows when it, when you visit. But if you do, definitely let me know because, uh, you know, we got, well, it's Six Flags, Frontier City. But you got an amusement park up north, which is in nice. Edmond. You got a Whitewater Bay, which is a water amusement park. Downtown, I can't describe how that thing's just yeah. boomed. Of course, pay comes yeah. with thunder. Um but there's so much down here. It's, I know I get it wrecked sometimes because you go to Denver and you go to Detley. I'm not a huge Dallas person, but Texas. I like San Antonio. I'll put it that way. San Antonio. We've been to Waco. We've been to Dallas. and I don't think I could live in Dallas but or Waco. But San Antonio, that's a little tough. I, ooh, Denver's another one. I'm like, man, I don't know how I can't move up here. But anyway, yeah, um, I know. as far north as I've been is Sioux City, Iowa for me so okay we had some yeah. um, i still got some family up there i don't see them as often because most of them unfortunately has passed away but the crew's still hanging around but uh yeah it's it's not bad down here not bad 
No, I, I've heard like, I've heard great, just phenomenal things. I'm not just saying that because I'm on with you right now. <laughs> um, but no, I've uh, heard great things about Oklahoma City. Yeah. It's uh, if we can get our education system figured out, and if we can get some West high schools back to winning state championships and not the Tulsa schools, I would mm-hmm. say we're probably pretty we're we're good, but. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no comment. Just needs the right guy in there to create the right culture, you know. Exactly. Now the coach up in—I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, real quick—but up in Bigsby, he's he's got that program just oh, yeah, ding rolling. Man. Yeah, I see all over Twitter, all over Twitter. Oh yeah, Bigsby yeah. High School. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, about oh, yeah. an hour and a half, two hours from me. That's yeah, a ball he's got there. that thing rolling. That's mm-hmm. a ball. Up that's there. it's. Uh, I've been watching some, and they're like. You see now people doing cut-ups on his games yeah. and stuff like that and what he's calling and things. It's like, hey, you know, you know he made, he's doing good things then. Hey, I can't knock him. Well, yeah. Coach, it's yeah. been an honor having you on. Uh, it was fun. Definitely going to do it again. Um, I'll, I'll uh, DM you my address and, uh, of course, uh, my number as well. and We'll stay connected. And anytime yes. you want to come on, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, anytime, um, especially if you need the you need the Midwestern NFL take. Uh, I uh, probably know just as much about the Green Bay Packers as I do the Detroit Lions living here and stuff. Uh, I usually go to at least one Packer game a year. Um, it's fun. I, I, it's like I wear my Barry Sanders jersey, <laughs> um, and people are good though. Like they'll buy me a beer because I have a Barry Sanders jersey on right. and stuff like that. And uh, I was a uh, fun fact. I was um, sixth grade. Um, Detroit Lions beat Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Mel Gray ran a punt return back to win the game. And then they went a big losing streak. Mm. Like 18 years in a row, they did, lost to Green Bay. And then I was at the game where they beat them again. Like, oh. And that was uh, 2016, maybe. Something like uh, Mason Crosby missed a field girl. And so I'm sitting there just cheering, and they're interviewing Megatron. Um, they're, and they interview Golden Tate. And I, I, I'm a Notre Dame fan, yeah. and I, I'm yelling, I'm yelling, and I have my very Golden Tate comes over and lambo my arms, and I was on the front of the Detroit Free Press with a Golden Tate jumping in my arms. And Detroit Free Press is a big public paper mm-hmm. in Detroit, so I, uh, I love Packer games, and you know how many Packer fans like said how happy they were for me when that happened. It was unbelievable, just kind-hearted yeah, people. Cool. And uh, stuff like that. So yeah, if you ever get a chance, we can get some, we go to Packer game. It's uh, it's it's some it's experience. I think it's fun. It's a fun experience. It's yeah, I think it's Detroit. I think we go to Green Bay next year. I think it's Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago's the rogue ones. I think Minnesota comes to Denver. I think it's okay. how that works. I have to double check. Yeah, we have to check it out and then see if we get something lined up here. Yes, sir. Yeah, because you always got a place to stay. We live about 50 minutes from Lambo. Nice. Man, you're right down. Man. Yeah, Sheboygan is a great, uh, this area. I mean, if you're a golfer, beautiful golf courses, but we're 50 minutes from Milwaukee, 50 minutes from uh, Sheboygan. I mean, from Green Bay, I'm sorry. Wow. Well, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I go golfing. I'm not going to be very good. I may, uh, we may stay at a few holes, probably a little bit longer than we should, but. That's it's always right. good times. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I just have fun now. Like I'm going to make hit bad shots. Well, it's course. just this is the way it is. But it's that one shot that makes you come back. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Well, All coach, right, my man. 
It's an honor having you on. Coach Zablocki, I like that last name. Reminds me of yeah, the, as Polish uh, as they come. Reminds me of the uh oh, what's that uh little funny humor segment where it's the substitutes guy <sighs> he and something. He's mispronouncing everybody's names. Block is Oh, Aaron and Aaron, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Because I was in the office and I'm like, the block. I'm like, oh, this is a perfect segment. If that's not his, how you say his last name, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say yeah. anyway, the blocky. Maybe <laughs> it's like, like Jake Kwan or something. It's like, no, Jacqueline, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, blocky? That was you a great mean, skit. You mean Blake? Yeah. Blocky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to the Air Attack Podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports and belly up media coach honor to have you on and uh looking forward to doing it again yeah, it, was an, it was all all my honor i'm so grateful and thank you and thankful for being part of this absolutely you've been listening to the air attack podcast same time same place next week we'll see you all then take care